0: really little hesitation, especially in the American healthcare system. Yet most health-minded people like you who listen to this self-helpful podcast are not so eager like me to just accept a pill or to go under the knife. I've been prone to boycott such things, but my dear friend, Randy James, and co-host of this episode, are resident medical doctor, and functional medicine expert has taught me there are times when these methodologies are helpful and even necessary. This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others. And today we're talking about prescription drugs and surgeries. In a perfect world, with perfect health, we would not need these things. But it's not a perfect world, and none of us can be in perfect health. Sometimes we get injured or sick and relatively broken And then pharmaceuticals and surgeries are lifesavers. We just like to see those times to need them as very few and very far between. When they are needed, what can you do also to prepare yourself for the best outcomes? That's this episode. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, it's a gift to us. It helps us if you leave a rating and a review, but the best thing you can do is just to keep talking about what you hear with someone else. It helps you digest it more, learn it more, embrace it more, and engage with it more, and it helps them. You can always find and connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I talk about prescription drugs and surgeries and when you need them, and if you do, what can you do to best get through them in the strongest fashion? All right. Prescription drugs and surgeries. I mean, I wanted to hit on this because obviously it would be easy to hear the functional medicine, uh, you know, bandwagon that we're on and think that you, Dr. Andy James, you would never prescribe a medicine or a drug. And granted, of course, you're trying to get people healthy and well so they don't have to do that. And generally in the practice that you run People are coming to avoid those things, get off those things, minimize those things. I mean, even if you took your patient panel right now, is it fair to ask how many of them are on a prescription medication?
1: Yeah, that that's a fair question. And to be honest with you, I don't I don't know, but many. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, and one of the one of the chief reasons people would come to us is a hope to get off those okay. medicines. Okay, yeah. So I can say it like this. I have taken many more people off of statin therapy than put on, but I have put people on statin therapy for high cholesterol or cardiovascular risk when they won't do other things or can't do other things or they've done other things and it hasn't really worked as well as we'd hoped.
0: Well, so I remember that early on and you know, I talk about this and I wonder if people really get what happened. So you had a, did we ever talk about this? But just real quick for, for context, you had a practice, your own practice trying to do functional medicine. It was hard to do in the insurance model. You and I were friends and we, uh, you brought me on and helped uh, to help change your practice, true life medicine, which people can see at truelifemedicine.com to a membership model, which it is today. So we did that together today. I'm not a part of the practice at all. Um, we're doing this in, in right. different directions. But so when I refer back to, to patients, I was involved with the, mainly with the sales of them. So back to that, I remember early on when you transitioned said, now we're going to do this membership based model. You got to pay money and whatever. Some guy, and And ultimately, he was saying, "Look, I just want my medications. I don't really want to make these changes and pay you this money to to help me get out there. I'd rather have my high blood pressure meds and eat my donuts and whatever That's true story, and it's where a lot of people are and and honestly, that's that's one of the reasons we made the transition to
1: a membership model is is if that guy hits the website, he doesn't call sure you know, and even." Prior to the membership model, as you and I were friends and talking, one of my main frustrations is, you know, anybody walks in the door of what at the time was, well, it was at first a family practice clinic, you know, Woodland Park Family Medicine. and and, and But I'm learning and I'm raising my own children in this this functional medicine mindset. And so people come in and I want to say, oh, my gosh, there's a better way. And out of, you know, deference and respect and they don't want to be Uh, they don't want to be cantankerous or whatever and they would hear me out but they don't want to do anything they don't want to change they just want their can i can i just go can you stop talking to me about changing my lifestyle whatever and
0: so that is a segment of the population i don't think anybody listening to this is of that mind so if we come back and go say okay when are these things necessary now in in truth not to be critical but The healthcare system, the three point whatever it's gotten to now, seven or six or whatever, three point uh, trillion is primarily being funded by ill health and man. What did you say a minute ago? You talk about we're managing disease. Right. It's a sick care system, not a healthcare system. 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 And so I just uh, was listening to a
1: podcast this morning and heard again the stats that everybody is already familiar with and everybody. And this I think we can say because you and I wonder, what do people really know? Like when we say everybody knows this, is is it really true that our system is built for people to go out and live their lives and then when something hurts or feels bad or they get shamed by a parent or a, a spouse that you should go to the doctor or whatever... Or we have a system like for women more so, if, if there's birth control or a pap smear or whatever, that women are kind of taught earlier on, no, you need a doctor and that kind of a thing. It, to manage problems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not to promote and create and do labs that indicate a level of well. Mm-hmm. It's all about measuring. And in fact, the, and now let's go to that $3.6 trillion system. That money gets generated based on a code. And that's the ICD-10 system.
0: Well, we had the one guy who talked, called it cattle care. He says, we uh, bring uh,
1: people in and we milk them for codes because that's what well, you get paid on. Uh, well, okay. I mean, that's really crass. Harsh. To, to, it's <laughs> kind of harsh because at the same time, if Kevin Miller gets in a car wreck, you're going to break a femur, and that's a code. And and you go to the hospital, and the, and the surgeon says, oh, well, you have a f- broken femur. We're going to put it back together. And he then fills out his paperwork, and creates a code. Well, so does the anesthesiologist, and so does the the hospital system itself. There's a code for the OR room that you get. All of that, and then you come out, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars later.
0: Insurance or whoever pays for it. Okay, you be good great. cop. I'll be bad cop. On okay. this. because uh, the truth is, the, not that every doctor out there or or the system is trying to keep and make people sick but that is where the money comes from so if you have a traditional doc and traditional practice people are coming in all day long you know you got 10 minutes with each one you make money by going oh yeah you got high blood pressure medication you know here's a drug that will help you feel better right now next go on if you then took the time to get, help all them get health, healthy and and well theoretically yeah. you would work yourself out of a job that, that,
1: that's right if, if you asked one question, if the patient or the doc asked one question, why do you have hypertension? Uh huh. Why do you have a headache? Why do you have painful menstrual cycles? Why do you snore?
0: Why are you tired? Which is what you do here. People that's, come here to your practice to get foundation. well. And the point would be that at some point they leave you. Yes. And that's
1: so, John, who's my front desk guy, we talk about this all the time. Our funnel. And and it's it, and we can say this because it's as you have transitioned as I have transitioned. Uh, the we have a lot of people in what at True Life Medicine will say they're, they're alumni. They graduate. Mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness. I mean, you know, I uh, the money goes away, but the person is appreciative, and I'm. Glad that we've helped somebody along and, and all of that but it, the, the medical or the financial model we have to change mm-hmm. and so that's what we're working on doing right now is okay well how? Well, what does that mean and actually what it does mean is in my, my opinion is that people who graduate would come over to a different kind of a system and I would actually say and this is going to go right into to what we talked about in terms of medicines and surgeries we are trying to create I'm going to go out on a limb here I'm attempting to redefine primary care. Okay. So primary care is this monolithic, huge system in America, primary care, right? Your internal medicine, family practice, pediatrics, and to some extent, OBGYN,
0: and that's your first point. Which for the most part, is it fair to say, primary care, healthcare in America is you're going along until something hurts you enough that you need to have, you get help with it, you go and generally- personal doctor your family doctor, doctor you go to my doctor and the majority and i didn't go get the stats on this and i'm tempted to but i don't want to stand here like i'm trying to make a case that the system is bad the system's not working look at the stats well o- again over. it works for surgery if you get in a car wreck it works okay well so if, so bring that up because you say that if you are in a car wreck a true accident an some acute nature, care illness if you get covid19 you'll you You do want to be in America, we got yeah a system that you say that if you if you're in a car uh-huh. if you have a catastrophic you know injury, whatever America is great, we are awesome, and if you get a heart attack well okay again. But if you go a
1: step further and say, but I don't want a heart attack, you're in the worst place on the planet. You're the worst because we're growing that,
0: actually. We yeah. are growing heart you attacks. We're not preventing attack. them. Follow the, the, the this show in Functional Medicine Get Well to not yes. have a heart attack or at least stave it off as, as long as possible. But if you have one, so we're great at fixing. So back to, oh, my gosh, we can do the drugs. We can do the surgeries. But we have a primary care system that by far and large is out there prescribing uh, medicines, pharmaceuticals, and surgeries at a rampant uh, rate. That if you said if people are following health and wellness, those things would it, some what, greater it, percentage of it would go away.
1: Right. Th- those the, are the those healthcare are system is, is is basically treating the symptoms of yeah, okay. these big ICD-10 codes. You know, famously, high cholesterol and hypertension, yeah. depression, anxiety. And well, state you state your line on that. You don't have high blood pressure. You don't. You don't have a deficiency of hydrochlorothiazide. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not your the
0: why you have high blood pressure. It's just a funny way of saying that. It's like that. Uh, uh, you know, we we, we watched uh, recently, and I think I've talked about it here on the show the red table talks with uh, Will and Jada Smith, the the you know the actor right. actor or the actor and actresses, and uh, he did the one with Mark Hyman. You guys, you can type it in uh, Will Smith, Mark Hyman. H uh, y m a n and find this red table talk where they're talking about and, and you find here's Will Smith this guy I mean he's you know bigger than life big fit strong guy and he's been on high blood pressure medication for a like decade Ten years, yeah. Years, yeah and and to think to go and ask that question why so your body apparently has a deficiency of high blood pressure medication well that's and, laughable and it, well it's laughable but we highlight the doctor
1: that found it diagnosed it and treated it. My doctor... You never
0: asked Will said, Smith, why do you why at the you you age of 30 have, or whatever he was it was. For,
1: he's all right. So he's 50, oh, okay. Okay. early 50. So at the age of 40... At 40, he developed his high blood pressure. And then the reason... Genetics they, they, is probably they, where people... Well, are. right. Is, yeah, my dad had it, and I'm a <clears throat> stressful job or whatever. And the, the reason it came up on the show is he was... His family said he looked a little pudgy or a little fluffy or something on, on their cruise. And so then he went on a fast.
0: Well, I, but I love the statement of him saying, look, we learned how to, I learned, we all learned how to eat to look a certain way. We didn't eat to be healthy. To be
1: healthy, right. It was to lose weight, to look a certain way for a certain role. So he
0: would bulk up to be the strong guy in whatever movie. He would thin down to be the dad in the happiness movie. He would do whatever just to do that, but it wasn't to, to have health. And meanwhile, he has high blood pressure. Yeah. And of course, when he did the tests with Hyman, it came back and said, oh my gosh, you've also got... XYZ the, what's this the sugar rating was the, real the high the A1C yeah.
1: I think his CRP was elevated a marker of inflammation kind of and, like
0: a pre-diabetic type uh,
1: that's right so that's the path he was going down yeah. that's he right and, and, and let's be excuse me let's be very clear we are all on the path and, and that is where here at True Life Medicine, it's it's the recognition that, and now I, I say the phrase, you know, we're all on the spectrum. If we think of autism, no human being out there would say, I have a perfect brain. My brain is absolutely 100% normal. Mm-hmm. We would all recognize, we all touch a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of blue or downness, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And we all experience hope and and, and joyfulness and that kind of thing, but Nobody who's like this morning, you and I greeted one another and I didn't tell you, I, I'm just happy today, but I'm glad to hear that. I, yeah. If, if I had gone the other way, yeah. I mean, even if you'd asked, are you okay? I said, yeah. yeah. What, what,
0: which culturally we tend to share the, the negative. If you're good, you just don't say anything. If you're bad, you Oh my gosh, man. Today, Let blah, me tell blah, you blah, how blah. bad it is. Yeah. And, and culturally and probably
1: also physiologically bad things stick. Sure. On the news, it's, if it bleeds, it leads and all that kind of stuff. And you never hear a national news story about a, a 50 year old man who came home and had a wonderful dinner and read bedtime stories. Funny. Why don't we start doing that? <laughs>
0: come in and go, Hey man, how you doing? Good morning. Man, I feel awesome today uh, yeah, because we would look at you like you're weird. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. It's so,
1: so again, our, our system and going back to the primary care guys, the, um, there is, you go to your doctor when something's wrong, and there's this idea of a, uh, of a general well checkup. I go to my doctor once a year for a checkup. That is a singularly American invention that, to my recollection, of course I read about it in a book or whatever else, somebody that researched it, at the turn of the century... And he had a doctor, and he was a little bored because people, you know, he had worked himself out of a job. People, And then he sent out a letter to his people and said, you know what, why don't you just come on in, let me check your, you know, the, there were new things, blood tests, blood pressures, things like that, to say, let's just see where you are. And that has now developed into the uh, pediatric uh, schedule of you do a two-week, two-month, and all of those kind of things to go in and check your doctor and a height and weight scale and all of that. But, you know, we didn't do that for however many thousand years. And so that is part of our change now. We are trying to redefine primary care as a tool to not stand around and wait for something wrong, a headache or a blood pressure or an abnormal lab or whatever, but still do a a, a conceptual checkup. Yeah. but leaning forward into biomarkers that are indicative of well earnedness
0: let me ask, so I'm curious uh, with you saying that because we do want to be monitoring ourselves yes. continually. So, but is mm. it- and for the bad things. I mean, I'm not saying don't yeah. go get a colonoscopy or whatever. Well, but is this fair to say different you, you as a doc or, or, or wellness care as opposed to uh, okay. a sick management that you're coming in every year, or whatever, for your checkup to see how things are going. They look at you and go, okay, according to this, nothing's too bad. Go on or maybe next year. Here's a take until something goes until wrong. you're waiting for something wrong and you're coming in and like we had a show, I don't know what episode it was talking about advanced tests or whatever. You're right. looking more broad to go. Gosh, okay, there's a little bit of, You mean, overall, you're doing good, but there's some things over here. Those are probably going to manifest and get worse next year. What are some things we can do so that next checkup, you're better? That's right. Even though those things don't right now equal a problem, but if we talked about
1: the sugar thing and there's markers to say, you have too much sugar most of the time, and we can look at that. It it doesn't mean, but the older generation will say, I have diabetes. Am I going to get diabetes? And I would look at him like, well, gosh, we're not even worried about that. You're years likely away from that,
0: but do you want to be on the path to getting diabetes? Yeah.
1: Is that where you want to be? And most people, well, no, I don't want to be there. Like okay. it's,
0: again, like it's happenstance, though, because you go along and you got theoretically, you know, you got a family or a bunch of friends or something that are all kind of eating the same way, and Joe gets diabetes, and Bob's mm-hmm. numbers are, are, are fine. And people look at that, and I. I what frustrates me with that is because we look at that and tend to think oh it's just the luck it's of the draw or genetics they're like yeah joe's dad also had diabetes or genetics and- yeah so which you know so i've got you know a bunch of kids um, but a couple that are adopted and they're from uh, native american reservations they absolutely have a higher propensity for diabetes they react differently to the sugar so if i feed all my kids let them have the normal american diet chances are they're going to get diabetes and my other kids won't but it's not helping my other kids either it's not helping either of them. One has more of a propensity to manifest negatively, but they're all being detrimentally affected. That's right. Okay. And, and we would have to add in there, your other kids wouldn't as fast. Okay. Right. So
1: everybody's on the spectrum of getting diabetes. It might take 200 years for somebody. It might take 20 years for somebody else. Right. And that's with, that's related to their genetics and the interplay between all of your environment and your genetics. So, And this is our show,
0: right? This is our show. Yeah. One of those kids could be having a a mental health issue and stress and anxiety for whatever reason, because I beat them or because it's, you know, (laughs) they're, they're bullied at school or or whatever. And they fall into, or or let's just say that in the
1: very same meal that night, then let's say it's rice. Uh So it's not cake and ice cream. it's, It's just rice, but they are totally stressed out and they eat the same meal as the other brother. And yeah. and that environment now of yeah. I'm totally stressed out and I eat this rice and then it becomes maybe it clicks over into a comfort food maybe it it <clears throat> maybe it fuels some time infl- brain inflammation that's going on that's related to the stress maybe they didn't they were so stressed out they didn't sleep well last night so that impacted multiple other areas of their physiology.
0: No, I love you. You point because you're saying that we all have the ability to create the perfect storm so that seemingly benign things can manifest into a well, a storm. Uh, sure. So, so those and are this, ingredients. I mean, we're all monitoring our ingredients. Right.
1: Uh, so let's bring it into a place where everybody out there will recognize everybody walks. Everybody goes down their stairs every day. But one day you're off by half an inch. And you tumble down the stairs, and you break a leg. Yeah. Well, it's not the stairs fault. You don't wake up one day with a deficiency of surgery. <laughs> you just you're doing the same thing. But let's just say you didn't sleep as well. You were distracted by something else. You're super busy. Uh, you were wearing different shoes or and then that's the environment. Absent
0: minded because abs- I'm stressed about this or. And, and you just miss it. It's, but that's the thing that we, again, we look at luck of the draw and think for no reason I misstepped and I, I think I so not to right. put blame there all the time, no. but, but it's like I talk about. So when I'm doing the, uh, when I'm doing the Ziggler show, especially, and I got to do my ads and I, I go through that thing and I've got a short amount of times so I'm sitting there and brought to you by blah, 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 <laughs> doing that. And I can, I can tell on a given day, man, it's just flowing. And, mo- and most of the time I do the whole recordings. Uh, one one run. I don't have to redo stuff, and then I'll have that one day where oh my gosh, I can't. My I'm tongue tied, and I'm aware enough now to know. Huh. I wonder what's off. How did I sleep? How did I eat? Am I stressed? Am I just worn out? Am I? But there is a reason. It's not just happenstance. Which goes to uh, Tom Rath. He's the famous author of um, Fully. Oh uh, shoot. Charged. No. What was his? Yeah. Fully. But his his big book was the six. Uh, two, two, yeah. Success two point point uh, Something 2.0. What was it? It's the, like the personality. Shoot, I'll have to come up with this at Tom Rath. Anyway, he wrote the book Fully Charged. And his question was, why do we all come into work, for instance, and go, hey, or, or, you know, at the end of the day, how was your day? Huh? That was a good day. Or it was a bad day. And we just comment on, I like, just, yeah, I don't know why. It was a good day. It was a bad day. He said, and ultimately he's saying, no, you have control over those things. You can help make it a good or bad day. I, I was going to say, you're looking at your books. There's so many
1: books that start, well, Hal Elrod, that, uh, you know, create a Miracle morning, morning yeah. that leads to a good day. Yeah. Just be in control. Think about it. Lean into it. And we're taking the same principle and strengths putting Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder. Goodness, yeah. Strengths Finder was his book. Taking that same principle and applying it to health. Why would you get to the end of the day and say, I have a headache? Huh. I'll take some mocha and I'll go to bed. Or more often, I'll take some Motrin, I'll eat my favorite foods, I'll watch TV, I'll have a glass of wine, and then, you know, I'll feel better and I'll go to bed. But I went to bed too late because I was watching that show and I still don't get enough sleep. And is that related to your headache? Absolutely, it's related. It's part of the environment and your body is signaling you. And so bringing this back around to medicines and things like that if somebody is so far down that pathway that they have diagnosable migraines so they get a little tension headache that leads that's a common trigger for migraine and so now something is going on in the brain and i and the and the migraine Okay, so there's a little bit of an aside there. I want to remind me about migraine, but my wife doesn't like it when I go down rabbit holes. And this migraine <laughs> is now treatable by a medicine and if you take Emetrex, it's going to help likely. I'm going to give you some Emetrex and say, "Okay, here's your image. Imit- if you want to be becoming the kind of person Kevin Miller that is 50 next year with migraines that are well managed, here's your here's your medicine." And you know what? You need to come back in three months to see me and check in on how's your medicine and are there any side effects? And now we're doing normal medicine, normal American standard of care. But if you say... I don't want to have migraines then I would say we got some work to do right. why are you having migraines yeah. over here
0: and so you give that treatment which you label as that's an acute treatment you now have a problem you have something that's broken so thank goodness this thank is thank goodness for, we for have, have or something that, yeah, that's right that's brilliant but it was made for an acute thing let's help manage you right now so you can go to work tomorrow and be a parent and, and, tomorrow or yeah, whatever, be a pa- yeah that's right function while we figure
1: out what the heck went wrong that's right but you know what that is going to cost you because now I don't have an icd-10 code i can't charge your insurance company for talking to you about your marriage and your sleep right all right i can there is a code but it doesn't get reimbursed that's the thing is the 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 system out there will say no we have a code for that and i'm like yeah i know
0: and nobody can make a living on that code so so i want to practice a little little grace here i mean I, you you have to you and i have both known doctors who have a heart to help people get well. Uh, we, most of I them. had one who hired, after we transitioned your practice, who hired me to come out and consult because he said, he, he started pursuing integrative medicine and he said, man, I've been doing this for 20 years and now I feel guilty. I've been helping these people, but have I really? I've been helping them manage their sickness. I haven't been... It, that's, something- that, that's just right. And
1: he actually said, he actually said he was bordering on an immoral uh-huh. action because giving this person Imitrex and not saying, uh-huh. hey, you could, this, this isn't addressing the underlying cause. And it's now putting you, and now the person thinks, I need good health care, good insurance, good this, good that. i got to find it because now I'm stuck. I have a pres- prescription. I need a doctor. And I'm telling people, you don't need me. Right now, again, our show is about medicine, and surgeries. I, on one hand, I'm saying you do need me, and in fact, I'm going to charge you a lot of money to help you think through this and look at your biomarkers, so that in a year you're on your own. Yeah. So that in a year you you come into our graduation program, and now the price goes way down, but we're still going to lean into not not primary sickness care yeah. and and have a really concierge experience where you know we have a red carpet out there for you, but no
0: well ke- wellness well, Promotion. Well, but I did want to, I did want to finish that thought on the, on this guy and I'm not going to of course name him, but I think there's other doctors out there just to have grace for this is a broken system and not everybody out there is bad because this guy, he had, I don't know how he, he had a huge practice, huge practice. huge city, huge practice. A lot of people he employed. He's an awesome employer, awesome heart for people really cared for him. But now he's saying just that here's an appointment I'm in with this person. And I, I now have the knowledge and awareness that they could get off of that. Do they, want to but he's got he's got another person to see he's got 15 That's minutes right. and write a note and create a code yep and, and if he doesn't let's say he wants to and he takes 45 minutes with that his patient. day is shot his day is shot. He, and he has no income
1: he, well and he's gonna come time. home late at the end of the day with two more hours of charting to do uh-huh. late for dinner now his marriage is impacted his sleep is impacted his stress level is impacted and in primary care one of the number one issues in any major primary care meeting, so the annual meeting for the American Academy of Family Practice or whatever, is going to have a breakout session on burnout. Guarantee you. And there's now there's whole conferences on burnout. And most docs are like, Ugh, if I can just make it to, you know, sixty, sixty five or whatever because i can 't keep doing this, even though I have a heart for people, mm-hmm. and granted there's a lot of people who do do it in the old you know eighty year old small town doc who's been doing it for sixty years, but that is the rarity mm-hmm. they get highlighted in the magazine 's newspapers, but that is not the norm, yeah. even more so with surgery and and uh, uh you know my dad my my friends who who many you know people have you know, doctoring runs in families. So one of my best friends in med school, his dad was a cardiothoracic surgeon and the way the system was set up, because we kept saying, you know, uh, I won't mention his name, but you know, why don't you retire? Slow down. That's what we said It's like the system won't let you slow down because yeah. the minute you tell your referral network, you know, I'm not going to take so they will find somebody else immediately and say, Oh, he's slowing down. I got to, I got to start getting ready for, you know, the new one. <laughs> There's a machine to keep it's going. A, it's a, it is so. It is a machine that has to be fed.
0: So, about, on this aspect of, of having grace for this as well, I mean, you have definitely seen, and there are people listening who, uh, you know, were raised a certain way. They didn't know, not their fault. Let's take away the blame, and got to a point, and now there is significant There's brokenness, illness, brokenness. and they gonna, do need a doctor, and they do need a doctor, and they may need for the rest of their lives uh, a medicine.
1: Yes, you're going to help. And that's why I would say, thank God we have these. Thank medicines. God we
0: have it. You are going to try to help them get out, but they can't
1: at least manage minimize. it the best we can, yeah. and not set you up for more medicines.
0: Yes. That's yes. Right.
1: So the analogy there is, let's bring it back to physical, because everybody out there knows physical, right? If you let's say you are the guy that you woke up that day, you had a million reasons why you missed that last step. You mm-hmm. broke a leg, and let's say you know it went bad, and you you get that leg chopped off. We would never say, oh shame on you for using that wheelchair we would say well thank goodness for wheelchairs absolutely and thank goodness for prosthetics and thank goodness for a very expensive system that'll get you a wheelchair and a prosthetic and thank goodness for insurance that's what it's for Mm -hmm. and people say i want to really have good insurance in my health system and can i use my how can i use my insurance for this but let me look at look at you and say kevin today do you really want to use your car insurance no (laughs) <laughs> How about your life insurance? Nope. <laughs> How about your fire insurance? I'd rather not. I would rather not. That yeah. is in the background for the catastrophe. Yeah. But are you going to take care of your home today? Yeah. Are you going to put some gas and oil in your car today? Absolutely. Well, probably you won't. I just got new tires yesterday. <laughs> yeah. your did your insurance company pay for your tires? They did not. They did not. You want them in your business,
0: giving you a no, code they w- where they would have paid. Is if I don't get you the tire done, and I finally let go through the treads, it blows out at sixty miles an hour, and I hit a tree, and now I'm going to use my car insurance and my health insurance for and something. Maybe your life insurance that I didn't take care of. And I, again, I know, yeah, <laughs> and and now I know I'm putting that on as my fault. And again, we have a lot of people who are suffering from a lot of things that you know taking full blame for it. I think you're better mm. off to do so, to, to, to claim that power. But some okay, things you are just, a victim of. And- the, well,
1: but after you, even if I'm victimized in the worst way, if I am mugged in a street alley, mm-hmm. I can wake up the next day and for the rest of my life, I can be bitter and mournful because they broke my kneecaps and I'm in a wheelchair. Or
0: I can think about it a different way. So well, can I can I say it? you mentioned how El, El, how yeah. Elrod so how Elrod is the author of the Miracle Morning sold millions of copies I interviewed him on the Ziegler Show you just did a, a conference a medical conference Met-
1: yeah he was the keynote speaker he was at a the a keynote speaker yeah.
0: that's his story so he's going along at twenty twenty five I don't know what he was he's driving along. And car comes over from a drunk driver, yeah. hits him head, in, head yeah. on. He is toast. Can't walk. Everything's bro- I don't remember. Everything's broken. Totally
1: would never walk again. He's told
0: yeah. he's told he can't. And and in the ensuing weeks, his uh, doctors actually told his parents they think something's mentally wrong with the guy because he's not emotionally wrecked. He was too happy. He He was too too happy. And there's a story behind that. But he said, what is it going to help me to to be upset? And he says, and they told him he's not going to walk. And he says, I I think I can. And having a good mindset about it gives me a better propensity to walk. So why would I be upset? And he went along. Of course, today he's running and hiking and doing all these things. And, you know, he's he's a miracle uh, in that sense, too. But, man, the things that he did to help himself. Well, I was going to say, let's
1: bring it out of the clouds because he's such a an unusual story sure and most people are now hearing this and saying oh well yeah if i got hit by a head-on drunk driver i'd i would do you know something and i'm like well last night why didn't you turn off the TV a little earlier to get to yeah. bed earlier? Why didn't or vice versa? Why didn't you go to bed earlier so you could wake up earlier so you could get ready for the day in your mindset and lean forward into the emotional thing and what you just said a minute ago about you know victimhood and choice and and I think that's a great thing to land on is because you have freedom to choose whatever you, however you're going to respond. Yeah. And on medicines and surgeries, we're not here to bash that at all. Again, thank goodness we have them, and there's a time and a place for them. But if you're going along in life, leading the kind of lifestyle that is likely to lead to medicines and surgeries, that is your choice. That is not... Your genetics, that is not to be blamed on a bad marriage, a bad job, a bad dog, a bad whatever. That is your choice to be being in those things on a daily basis, and, and we, our country is running pell-mell into this. That's the $3.7 trillion system that is so big and burly and political now, that, and nobody knows how to fix this, and I'd say the fix is you. You you are the one who is going to make a choice that's going to lead to a different conclusion.
0: Well you're just talking I mean you're talking basically I mean we could summarize this show in in mindset is are we looking at happenstance I don't know what'll happen are we working to avoid Medicines, pharmaceuticals, and surgery. So, I, 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 I am, and I know you are too, I am working to avoid that. If it comes to the fact that I am suffering to the point that I need it, I'm grateful for it. I'll probably have a little bit of guilt question of, gosh, could I have done something to avoid this? But if it's needed, so, you know, I've got a family member who's heading towards a surgery, and I really look at it, I think, man, I didn't, I'm not sure what all she could have done. She has been doing so well. But there is now a problem, and the surgery will help that. I'm going to be grateful for that, even as I, I wish it didn't have to happen. I mean, I've got a lipoma on my back that we had a, one of our friends, a chiropractor, say, man, I think that's causing you uh, – it's pulling your shoulder, and it's causing some other problems. I think you need to have that uh, taken out. And it's not a huge surgery, but it's a, it's, it's my, by my spinal column. I haven't done it yet. I probably will. I probably will at some point. I'll go ahead and do that and be thankful that surgery is for that. But back to your point of, and what am I doing today in my lifestyle overall to avoid the next medicine, the next surgery? And, and gosh, there's probably, man. I'm grateful that it's longer, but there, there have been times that you have, as my doctor prescribed me, I'm trying to think, there was, there was time long ago, seems like, but a, a, an antibiotic, which is crap wreckage on a system to put antibiotics in, in my body it has not helped me overall. But I had, I don't know what it was. I had something I couldn't get rid of. And you finally said, okay, well, this is, this is what you know, an antibiotic is for. It's gonna, now, you gave me, you said, meanwhile, are you sleeping? Are you eating right. well? Are you, are you resting? And here's a probiotic to try to help counter the negative effects of that antibiotic that's going to do harm and, and, elsewhere.
1: And I would say, you know, again, everybody knows, maybe most people don't know, but the vast majority of antibiotics are, are not probably needed for the average sinusitis or whatever. But... People say, "Well, I took it and I got better." And what we don't know is, "Well, were you going to get better anyway?" Right. And and so now, if we speak sort of doctorally about that, and we have randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials, and you and you put you know these fifty people on a antibiotic, these fifty people on a placebo, and those kind of things. So the studies are out there pretty clear to say, um, most of the time we don't need it. When we need it, it's very helpful and effective. And mm-hmm. in my own family, we've all raised kids they get an ear infection and or they get a cold, and it then turns into an ear infection. And uh, I remember one particular Christmas that my son, you know, he had been sort of under the weather, and then over the course of a day, just went downhill. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I took a look in his ear and said, holy cow, that is just, that is bad. That's, that is less likely to respond to just normal, let's go ahead and treat it. Gave him an antibiotic, and no kidding, four or five hours later, he's a new person. Yeah, That's how that is to be.
0: Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is, but back to the mindset of us, we're all going along. So right now, you guys all healthy and your house? Well, I've got yes. a kid with an autoimmune thing. No, 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 no. I just mean like, you know, oh, general you like sickness, cold? Yeah. yeah, cold or whatever. Okay, so my house is too. Now, the first one that starts getting the sniffles, uh, then mindset wise, we're going. Oh my gosh! Okay, put so- the kid on amoxicillin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we're going. Okay, you're getting that kid. You're getting. You're going to sleep earlier. You're not having sugar. You're not having a dessert. Um, we're gonna start right, monitoring. And everybody else, we're best off to all. Let's uh, all get to bed do, a little do, earlier. Do the same thing. Yeah, we're not having dessert for the family because we're not gonna open that door for the possibility that this sickness is gonna come in and spread through all of us. So again, it's a mindset. It's not a guarantee. And there have definitely been times when all of a sudden, I mean, there's five people in my house with runny nose and coughs and whatever. Darn it! I, I'm, I'm irritated because I wish we had, you know, been able to to, to withstand it. We didn't, and that's where you remind me, you are human. And everybody trips downstairs. Everybody trips downstairs. But again, the mindset, and, and over time, and for me to look back and to realize, oh, my gosh, we as a family get sick so less often. I don't have right. any you know, family members on a medication. whatever. You know what? I, I don't want to forget just talking about this because uh, we we, here's a patient we can talk about. So my dad, Dan Miller, who was in show 14, uh, true life show 14, which was uh, a new lease on life. And it went through his, he hit a, at the age of 70 or something like that to where he was having a hard time getting through the day, couldn't work, whatever. And it talked about his, uh, new lease on life. Uh, and y- is he on a medication anymore? Cause he was, he was on high blood pressure meds. He was on.
1: I don't remember. He he was well, and in that yeah. setting, there were several related to various issues. And so now, is he now, let's just say he's on less. Oh, okay. he's he coming is. off, and right there, so after a year, or whatever it's. Been, I don't know how
0: long it's been. Yeah, a year about, and a, half about now. a
1: year and a half now. And and honestly, so. Um, and there's common medicines that once you get on them, you tend to be on them forever. So there again, I don't want people to feel bad if they're on a thyroid medicine or prostate medicine or a uh, whatever. The, it it isn't to walk around and feel guilty. It's like the guy in the wheelchair. It's like you don't you you, you could walk around feeling guilty and bad about your wheelchair every day, but or you could just be the best wheel car, wheelchair guy you know how to be. Okay. And 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 there's a time and a place for the antibiotic. There's a time and a place for. For all of those things, well, could your family? The one thing I want to say about your family yeah. story is you what you didn't do is say, Ugh, I gotta get that kid to the doctor. Oh, right, right. most people, and I think it's like, what can we do so we don't have to go to the doctor? Is uh, the, the, no, most the people mind. are like, No, no, I ours bring, was, uh, ours yeah, was. Our, your family. The mindset is okay, I, I, you know, the doctor's the last resort, yeah, and it should be. Many other people say, oh, let's get him into the doctor early so that this won't get worse and bad and whatever. And what's the doctor going to do for a viral illness? The only thing he can do yeah. is either pat you on the back and say, you know what, uh, rest, water, hydrate, all that. And you're like, but my kid is miserable and crying in the night or whatever else. And the doctor knows the antibiotics not likely to help. But we've created a culture that wants to do something.
0: It's like a kid wanting a Band-Aid put the bandaid on and they feel better it didn't help anything well yeah yeah
1: it's well we that's what we just said it's band-aid management you're yeah, yeah. you're you're treating the very top layer of a symptom maybe and in this case when you give them an antibiotic you're treating the parent the kid is going to stay in the same misery whatever and often in in especially in family practice peds we say yeah i had to you know give the kid something to treat the parent Mm-hmm. And then parent feels like they're a good parent. They did the thing. You know, they're taking care of their kid or whatever else. And many times they're like, okay, now I can drop them off at daycare so I can go to work. Because now they're covered by this antibiotic. And, and here we are 20, 30, 40 years later into that system, $3.6 trillion. And everybody does know this. Our culture is not getting weller. We are not having less autism and less childhood allergies and less asthma. Or, you know, in the twenty year olds we're not having less depression, anxiety, headaches and bad menstrual cycles. In the forty and fifty year olds, we're not having less chronic fatigue and less hypertension and less headaches and and then in the older people we're not having less high cholesterol and hypertension and, and heart attacks and strokes and cancer and those kind of things. We're
0: having better management but yeah. not better health. I want you to comment on um, some, and I'm even going to mark this maybe in the intro, because we're talking about, as we often do, the psychology of it all and everything, but to, to come down to just specifics, if somebody wants to hear some specific highlights on some of your most common pharmaceuticals, your, your, your common meds and surgeries that are just rampantly prescribed over and over that, that on a given day today in America, man, these meds, these surgeries are going to be prescribed over and over and over. And they're the things that not that you can guarantee, but then those are, those are things that you could highly likely avoid if you were of the mindset and the lifestyle too. So what are some of the top of the list?
1: Well, certainly at the top of the list is, um, and I, I could go down the age groups like that, but if we start older and more common. So the statins are for high cholesterol. And in America, I think in the top 10, you've got several prescriptions for several brand names for statins. Um, and you've got actually several brand names for antidepressants. And that would round out the top 10 right really? there. Yeah is antidepressants and statin medications. Probably the next 10 are going to be your blood pressure medications. Yeah. and
0: um, What about, like, thyroid or hormones? And
1: then in that next top, you know, in that next top 10, because you got to think, like, in our practice, we deal a lot with thyroid hormone, but that's still going to be down the road compared to the average person out there doing life. Mm -hmm. So a big one is reflux medicines. Oh, really? Right. Um, And then... You know, if we include over-the-counter medicines, uh, Motrin for headache and for aches and pains, and, you know, that's just people don't even think of that as a medicine anymore. Uh, and yet, Prilosec came out when I was in med school, so all 25 years ago, it was, quote-unquote, a big gun. Like, you only got this medicine for max three months. What's well, funny, I'm, I'm asking this
0: question, and I'm realizing it's probably my ignorance because we, we don't watch regular TV with you know commercials and stuff. I guess that would be the telltale sign. Look at the commercials. No, that, no, no. Because no? the commercials are aimed at medicines that are high
1: dollar. Uh, so let's go to, um, um, you know, I, now I forgot the name of it. Uh, duloxetine is, Uh the, the quote is, depression can hurt, Cymbalta can help. Uh-huh. Right? And now um let's pick on Cymbalta. It's it's an expensive medicine. Um, not pick on it, but let's highlight that. Um So an expensive medication
0: that you can prescribe, insurance will cover.
1: And that's what they advertise. They don't advertise hydrochlorothiazide, a fifty year old medicine for high blood pressure. That still works pretty good. Yeah. Right? That is never gonna be on an advertisement. But the ones that you see are um pain, you know, the grandpa who can't care for his kids and it's the neuropathic pain or diabetic foot pain or something like that, again, you only get that after you've been years on the pathway and your body telling you something's not right, something's not right, something's not right. Whether it's like for diabetes, You know, it's an insulin, glucose, metabolic thing. But then when the person's 70, it's their foot that hurts. They're like, Doc, I don't care about my diabetes. My foot hurts. I can't play with my kids, my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I need something now. I can't golf. I can't whatever. And I would be like, well, the underlying cause is decades of this other problem. You've got a year or two of hard work to under, do you want to do that? Who averagely in America signs up for a year or two of hard work to maybe not have their foot hurt so much. I want out of it now. Equaling what we are now coming out of, hopefully, is the opioid crisis. Right? Like, after you have your wisdom teeth taken out, thank God we have uh, whatever opiate, because (laughs) that's great. But then... This led to, oh, you won't get addicted oh whatever. It led to pain is the fifth vital sign. And, you know, what do you think people think if we keep going, how's your pain today? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even think about any pain. I guess, you know, oh, come to think of it,
0: you know, my neck is a little off. Well, we should treat that,
1: mm-hmm. et cetera, et
0: cetera. No, I want to pick on that just just real quick because as you know, so so my wife, uh, was hit. I don't know how long it's been now, maybe five years, I'm going to guess. So she was hit. Uh, it was snowy. It was down here in Colorado, snowy, um, and cars spun out. She's gently pulled over off to the side and cars behind her lost control. And she got hit uh, three times. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, smacked her head, you know, and bashed her, her head open on the window and whatever. And she's, you know, in a neck brace. She had significant neck and back trauma from that. So she worked to get past that. Three years later, she got broadsided, uh, not too far from that area. Just flat, just bad luck. Uh, totally broadsided both of them. You know, the other driver's fault. And and again, neck problems and her knowing what she does, thank goodness for the awareness. And she's thinking, I don't want to be one of those people who's in chronic pain for the rest of my life and is on uh, opioids for the rest of my life. So she took them real acutely to get her past the hard stuff, but then started doing the work and it's been years and it's now a part of her life. And she actually does. The, I mean, the, the bummer is she does deal with some chronic pain issues. My thought is how much less are they than they could be? And she is generally not overtaking something and it. There'll be those days. She goes, Oh my gosh, I took some ibuprofen and she's had a couple of times, even in past months where she had some leftover, uh, like muscle relaxers. Mm-hmm. That'd be right. And she said, I just, it was, I don't know why now she looks back and she knows what well, got, you know, my stressing a lot of times she'll say, Oh my gosh, I ate such crap over the weekend, you know, crap relative to us, which means she probably had a little gluten and a little sugar that we don't normally have. She's maybe I opened the door. I don't know. I am hurting. I can't sleep. I'm going to take that for that. So she has, but she's the one who's viably in that. Category of chronic uh, pain and but going i i don 't want to be I know that that 's not going to benefit me long term and I want to be grandma at eighty five or ninety who 's still able to go out on a hike and bend down and think clearly i 've got to be doing the work. Now, thank goodness she knew that ahead of time, as opposed to those who may be hearing this, and they are not. That happened 10 years ago. They've been on those meds. They had those surgeries. They had whatever. And now they're hearing this. And it's, that's a hard, back to your point then, you're going to spend how long? Maybe the rest of your life trying to minimize this.
1: Yes. And, th- and that's the spectrum that we're all on. And Terry's got her pathway with this weird thing of a car wreck mm. times two. And I don't. I don't, but, yeah. and every, but you got a lipoma. And I don't have one of those, and every I, but I still wake up with a crick in my neck every now and then and might do an X, Y, Z. Well, you've had
0: a couple of times of your back kind of being out recently. <laughs> yeah. And that, you don't know why
1: necessarily, do you? No, I do. do I, it's called, you know, uh, ripstick basketball. Oh. So I don't recommend people to play basketball on their ripsticks with their kids.
0: Okay, but that, that's not fair though. Because, hold on, because <laughs> I'm going to pick on you. Because if you were, if you're anatomically, structurally, whatever... Perfect, which you can't be. Your body would be able to, to take so, that. So you did. Well, my some, kids did fine. Your kids did fine. So you did something that was out of the norm. So maybe it was nothing more than you were utilizing muscles in a way that you hadn't been. So you overused. So you you chose to overuse an unused. That's right. Lesser used muscle. I agree.
1: It's not. I'm not going to blame Ripstick back. So, which had I cake just did. The day did. before, and you had inflammation, and and I didn't sleep the night before. And here's what I will say that you and I have been talking about is, I am a stiff guy. I yeah. am not as flexible as I I'm want to be.
0: Likewise, yeah.
1: And especially in that hip flexor, and, but I've never had low back problems. But my hams, glutes, uh, flexors on the front side, so I just feel stiff. And I'm, that's what I would blame is my own lack of daily habits of stretching. Well,
0: let me, so let me share. So a week ago, uh, what is today? <laughs> yeah. uh, a week, I think literally, no, exactly a week ago, I'm down at Lake Pueblo here in Colorado on this killer mountain bike trail. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I mean, that's my gig, man. I'm ripping it up. I'm, I'm having fun. And I hit this, you know, like if people know skiing, uh, they have that mountain bike and we have black, a blue, green, black run. So I'm going up a black run and it had big boulders and stuff. And I'm trying to hop one just like I normally did completely pulled my back. Like I've never pulled it before. Here I am a week later and I'm still stiff from it. Now I'm back doing stuff, but I looked at that and go, "What did I do?" Cuz that's not something new. I mountain bike constantly. I'm right. doing that. What did I do different there? Muscle use or did I open it up the night before? Right. Cuz I was on a getaway with my wife and we totally imbibed in uh yeah. I can't I'm trying to remember what food we had and I probably had sugar. I know I had alcohol. More than, more, so did I cause some inflammation that just opened the door for it? Yes, I, so I
1: mean, you did. Yeah. So the, the way I, and this gets frustrating for patients because then they'll, you know, because everybody wants to boil it down to the bottom line and people say, oh, so it's my fault. So it's my fault that I have, you know, I ate whatever. And so what you're saying is looking forward in the future, I have to be perfect. We even had employees in the past and we we're, we just were dumbfounded. And, you know, you, so you're saying, Kevin, I have to be perfect? And, and, of course, no, we're all on the spectrum. And on that day, you had certainly imbibed a little bit differently of food and, and whatever else and got less sleep and all of that. But also, you can be perfect, which as a human is never perfect. So you can be as good as you possibly could have been, and it's the stairs. You you missed the stairs by half an inch, or in this case, you bunny hopped the rock and you missed it by half an inch. You had to recover and yeah. it just pulled that little Lumbar muscle. It did, but now I want to be. I want to. What can I do to be the guy that next time that doesn't happen? Well, well right. And so, but I'm going to look at you and I'd say, but if you get on a getaway with your wife, you're still going to eat the same stuff. <laughs> you're totally right. I know. I know you well <laughs> enough to say that. Because, and I would agree. Because then we would say flip it around. And so to those people who facetiously and angrily ask, "Oh, so I have to be perfect?" i will be like, "Well, no, that's not possible." And you're, But it's my birthday tomorrow. I can't have cake and ice cream. And I would say to you, you would do yourself and your marriage harm by telling your wife, hey, let's go on a getaway
0: and eat broccoli only. And go to bed at eight. Okay, but in literal... It just, that's not... Okay, in literal science, and the, the, the thought would be, okay, so if tonight I'm going to stay up later, I'm going to eat these foods, the next day may Don't not, go on that exact, kind of... Yeah, stick with the greens. Yeah, yes. Stick, just like if you were sick, the next day you don't go out and run a marathon, you let your body recover. That's right, me too. The yeah. next day don't stick basketball. Which I I am better about. That's a, that's a rabbit <laughs> trail. Okay, I, I want to come back to... Because so you talked about some of the some of the primary... You know meds, and I, and I hope people realize that those are primarily symptomatic uh, solutions, not getting to the root cause. And that's but, our healthcare. Go that's ahead. right. So to, to
1: I want to do the people, same thing with surgery. Same thing with surgery, yeah. but people don't think of taking a daily high blood pressure medicine as symptomatic medicines. They think of it as I'm preventing a heart attack. That's, that's why you're on the medicine. You don't wake up every day and say, oh, darn, that hypertension. I got to acutely take this medicine to beat down my high blood pressure for the day. But in reality, that's exactly what you're doing is you're taking an acute care mindset and whacking down that high blood pressure for one day or maybe even half a day. Some people have to take it twice a day. And you do it again at night and again in the morning, again at night. You're, you're, it, it's an acute care mindset for a chronic issue. If you if you want the high blood pressure to go away it isn't about what medicine do you take every day it's what's the underlying cause of it
0: and okay well then i'm going to ask you a layman's term that i haven't actually thought about let's take high blood high blood pressure or, or high cholesterol either one so you're because i haven't had them so are you saying that i could i could in theory have those things and i don't feel that bad i'm coming- nobody does really Nobody walks around and says, "Oh gosh, my, my cholesterol feels high today." So you're just giving so so the uh, traditional is giving them a med to, to help treat a lab. Well, but to help prevent w- what, heart a, a future stroke. man. Uh, p- okay, so if we boil it down, so that then why is not the take the med? What's what is the downside of the
1: med? Great question. Why don't you and I go ahead and take a statin yeah. on the off chance that it might be helping us? That's exactly what the pharmaceutical industry is is edging towards. And in fact, we're, we're going to have a huge debate about a COVID-19, you know, vaccine because they're saying we might mandate this. And in fact, we should put vaccines on our, our level of talking about here because that's that's a medicine that, you know, is strongly encouraged. And what's the right? What about people who say, well, the vaccine hurt me? It, it yeah. led to a problem.
0: And uh, um, well, but, but what's so uh, back to the question? To, to though, to what, what is, The only reason you're taking why not take it. Why not? So why not take it?
1: Well, because there's a subset of people on the vaccine side as well. There's a subset of people that do have a side effect, a bad reaction. It medicines are almost always designed to block something. They are blocking a, a metabolic or a biochemical pathway in your system to create an effect. Mm-hmm. And you know, pain medicines are blocking a mood receptor or something like that, pain you know nerve receptors for an effect of anesthesia or feeling nothing. So there's almost all well let's say it this way there's always a side effect it's just whether or not you perceive it or not uh, and that's what i've assumed i just but i didn't know clinically i don't yeah okay. and 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 fundamentally foundationally i would look at it and say my gosh it's so infinitely complex we don't even know it's probably best
0: to just not be on a medicine that's why well we don't it just put people on a medicine okay and isn't there really two things so if i right now so right now i mean you've done my blood work so i'm not close to Am I? High cholesterol, high blood pressure. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Right. I, so I'm good. Yeah. So if I start living, eating, existing in a way that causes my blood pressure or my cholesterol to go up, let's just stay there. So that in and of itself – Bad things are happening, obviously, and my body's reacting to that. And now you can see it on a measurement. Those things are going to ultimately should manifest poorly regardless. So if I'm living out in the bush, there's no medicine. Those are going to probably manifest somewhere <clears throat> somewhere else. So now if I also then you give me a medicine. So now I'm still doing those bad things. You give me a medicine that takes that uh takes what down? takes the the issue the the acute response down i guess but i'm still harming my body and now i've got the possibility of the side effect from the medicine so now i got two two hits against me um so that's that's more to the question or the answer i guess of why not right and if we if we're talking about statins statins are a very
1: if you look at if you approach the question from the standard American healthcare perspective, statins are a safe medicine. There's billions of prescriptions and relatively few side effects, but those side effects can be very significant. And if you go and Google those side effects, you will also see many, many, there, there's, it's clear whether it's the muscle aches or some people just, they think differently. And- well, And 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 so that that's what gets the press. But what you just said, I think, is the real issue: is the medicines are now allowing you to have a mindset that you can keep doing
0: the whatever thing that caused the problem. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. So if I did this thing that my body's reacting to now have high blood pressure, high high cholesterol, whatever, and I continue doing that because I can theoretically because of the med, what on earth? Okay. What are the propensities? Well, okay. I was
1: just going to say we have a. We had a patient, he graduated. Um, and so this guy Oh right. He
0: he came in, he did the stuff, he's like, I feel so much better. No, he said another. He he said, No, I, I know. He said, I got in because he was in his sixties, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And he said, Man, I was just going along the same pathway as all of my friends his and friends. peers. You know, I can't hike now, I can't do this, I can't do that. I came to you guys, changed my and he did the stuff. He, he said, "I have a new lease on life." He says, "I'm, I'm on, I'm going, getting healthier." And they he said, "I just had no idea." Right. It was an incredible testimony. Got
1: married, great testimony. About yeah. a year and or two I later, know, yeah. and his statement was, um, and it was it, honestly, it was about nutrition. And he's like, you know, I love eating the way that I eat. I am. I am choosing to, he, and he knows me. He said, I understand what you're saying, but I'm choosing to eat the way I eat, carry the extra weight, enjoy this with my, with my wife and take the meds and hope for the best. Because that's, and I'm like, that's his definition of true life. So in years later, he looks like hell. He, he uh-huh, You're right. True but story. It, now, if we went and asked him and says, how, how's your life? And, and he says, happy. man, I'm happy and I'm eating, you know, steaks and whatever every night. And Okay, but here's the, see, this gets it to the root of all these problems. The let's just say at 72, he does wind up with a major cardiovascular event. And let's say it's one of these bad ones. And so, you know, cardiovascular, people think of heart attack, but really the scarier one to me is a stroke, Mm. right? Is neurodegenerative problems. So now he has a stroke and now let's say it's, it's a bad one and he doesn't die, but he's half Paralyzed or whatever, or he can't think. And he's going to live another 10 years, but he's going to live another 10 years on the system. Yeah. That, and now, handicapped. Handicapped and very expensive. Now, Grant, now, that's a very charged statement. Do we put a price tag on this? It's like, well, yes, we do. We spend three point, however many trillion dollars, not on being well and, you know, going mountain biking and whatever, but on this kind of consequence for these kinds of choices. Mm-hmm. And we have said that before that. And it's fair to say about 80% of that cost is, is contributed to or caused by lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. And all of us are paying the price. That makes your premiums go up, my premiums go up, Medicare goes up, taxes go up, and even though we wouldn't blame, you know, yeah. some individual there, it's just that's why I went back to say it's you. You
0: know, what's the main problem in the world? Well, me. Okay, I, main problem. I want to come back to, you know, I, I love the word. I love the word. Uh, the the definition of appetites. We are so appetite driven. So here's this guy. Because what's odd to me <coughs> is. You and I are foodies, okay? Appetite-driven, food, appetite-driven. <laughs> absolutely, we talked about this recently, and I want every—I want every day, especially in the evening to dinner. I can withstand the day, you know, just fine, but at dinner, man, I want good taste. I don't feel like I give up anything. To eat healthy and have awesome taste. So it's interesting going back to this guy that what was it that he felt like, you know, what was he eating that he felt like, gosh, I'm not getting that great appetite hit for one. But two, there are some things, man, like fish and chips. Oh, I, I really like that taste. But how I feel afterwards is not worth it to me. So I'm giving that up, not for some altruistic you know, health thing. I just feel like crap after I do it. I sleep bad. The next day I feel bad. It causes inflammation. I'm that much likely to put my back out. So again, going back to this guy and that perspective of, oh, gosh, if I'm going to live healthy, I can't eat anything that I like or anything that tastes good. Well, we're back to upgrading your appetite. I, I was just going to
1: say it's, uh, most people are going to bang up on convenience because he wanted to go out to eat. He didn't want to spend the time, the effort. We've done shows on that. The time, the money, the effort to, to go and buy a grass finished wild caught salmon and do fish and chips a different way with wild caught yep. salmon or something like that. Uh, a grass finished steak. Well, you, you have to pay extra. You have to go. You have to prepare it a certain way. And that you and I made the commitment that is what we do. And tastes great, totally
0: satisfied. Well, I don't do Uh, potatoes anymore. It's a nightshade. But I can do sweet potatoes. And now I like sweet potatoes better. But, you know, his biggest detriment was probably 60 years of eating a certain way. He had trained his taste buds. Now it's so hard to get them off. Different than my kids and your kids. And there are things that my kids will gravitate and go, "Ah, I like that. But now they're learning at a young age. uh, But it makes me feel bad. So... Well, you are not going to eat, actually.
1: You and I have a different family there, and I what? think you're sometimes, sometimes. But my point there is most families out there. You know, a 15 year old doesn't. In fact, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but so last year you drove the kids to a, a cross country meet. You're going to rat me out. I'm going to rat you out. <laughs> so. You drove the kids, yep. your two boys, and my son two across country, and, you, and we we did it up right. You did an overnight I got a
0: hotel, <laughs> a movie,
1: pizza, and ice cream. <laughs> my son had his best performance of the year. You ruined him. He's like, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't
0: he, know it was his best performance. Oh, so Marcy awesome.
1: was she was all over Kevin Miller, saying what is going on here. <laughs>
0: and I'm like let's just say was... I, I knew man I knew I planned for that <laughs> so but it right could have
1: out. made his acne worse but his running was great and he's
0: like so in the in his mind as a 13 that, 14 it, year old that, that's super that's that's, that's, chances are he did that because the week before you were feeding him well and having him go to bed at night I'm, I'm, and he did it in spite of that maybe but let's go one
1: chances are level deeper okay the name of the book was Fast Food Nation I don't remember uh, it's the guy, uh, they made a movie, and oh, Supersize super Me. Oh, Supersize, yeah, yeah, yeah. Supersize Me. Yeah. And remember the scariest moment in that story oh, right, right, right. was not he felt miserable two weeks in, but a month Regulated. in he felt okay. Yeah, The body compensated to eat crap and do as best as it can, and somebody's going to get a scholarship to Harvard eating Doritos. Yeah. Right? But you and I would say, well, what could
0: he have done? If he had... And there's, the, I mean, maybe there's the cosmic chance. And I did get him good ice cream. I got him the briars. I got him good... Uh, just, the just, pizza just, had lots of... On. My Some, point there is
1: that most people out there are going to say, yeah, but I don't feel bad.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And that's where you and I, we did a show on that too, the blessing of pain. Yeah. The blessing that you get super, you know, dizzy if you don't hydrate. It's like, well, yeah, it's a built-in signal to stay hydrated. Most people don't have that. Most people don't have knee pain or a... Uh, you know, a back pain from an inflammatory and they just stay in inflammation that they don't know about until they do know about it. And that's those top 10 things. I say it's
0: at a lower Mm -hmm. level of performance.
1: And well, you and I are making that uh, argument because do we have a randomized double blind placebo-controlled trial? No, we don't. I know,
0: uh, but that's uh, not fair. You have, you have, what do you call it? uh, Experience based uh, anecdotal. uh, it still doesn't give it the gravity it should. Yeah. You've flat out seen it with patience. True. Heal okay, them and watched yeah. them and, and ourselves too. And, and it, we have the there's a
1: strong argument of common sense. Yeah. And, and if you've got an Olympic athlete, he does not do those things to his body. Mm-mm. He does not say, you know what, I'm going to eat pizza and ice cream the night before the competition. Mm-hmm. He's put too much into this. Mm-hmm. And if you and I say, well, I'm putting it into being a businessman, husband, father, and that kind of thing, I can't ruin my effort. And most people out there, their effort consists of this normal of, if we bring it back to medicines, it's normal that I take. You know, I just I just take Rolaids. Yeah. and then aids became tums. Zantac, and, they, or, and then Zantac became Tums, and, and people say, "Yeah, I'm fine. I just take a couple Tums a day."
0: Or what's but, the what's the what's the,
1: <clears throat> what's the pink stuff in the top? Uh, Pepto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all those. And, and all of those are the over-the-counter medicines for one that's still in the top 20 of the reflux meds. Oh. And your stomach is saying, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And my, f- oh, I, can, I can go have heartburn
0: right now. We can go out to lunch. Okay, right I was this. just getting ready I to say that. I You've got, I know you
1: know, it. I love Larry the Cable Guy. is a funny guy, but he did the advertisement for one of these things. He says, here's your medicine. Take it before you even get the problem. <laughs> Holding up this, uh-huh. you know, thing of you know you're going to go eat some barbecue. Uh-huh. Take the medicine before. Now we live in a culture that says you know you're going to be in pain, Kevin. Just take your opiate now. Yeah. Don't even have the pain signal. And he looks like a vision of health, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the end result of that is is a is a populate, and then that's when if people have seen the movie Wall-E, yeah. you know, and people are just sitting around and and. I, I, so the, that's the extreme. And people say, oh, it's not going to get that bad. And I'm like, we are nearly $4 trillion into a system that is that bad. Yeah. And coming back to, it, again, it's so hard because everybody out there has had a mom or a dad with a, a heart surgery or something like that. And I'm like, once you're to that point, you need this. My dad, too, had a pacemaker put in. And, wow. but the problem for that and why he had sick sinus syndrome and all that. Um, had many roots of causes. And that reminds me, I, I never went back to my rabbit hole about the migraine medicine. Oh, yeah. If you say, well, what causes migraines? If we went to my dad and say, well, what causes sick sinus syndrome? If we go and say, well, what causes all these long lists of ICD 10 codes? And back in medical school, I even showed it to my buddies. Every chapter in this. So one of your first textbooks is a giant textbook of pathology. First semester, you get a giant textbook of anatomy. Human anatomy it's learn the system. Second semester is a giant textbook of here's how it goes. All that anatomy, here's how it goes wrong. Mm. And the first line in most of the chapters, here's a chapter on hypertension. Here's a chapter on osteoarthritis. And if we go to hypertension and it says, what causes hypertension? No known cause, no known cure. I underline that at the start of every chapter was because the causes are myriad cancer is cancer related to genetics. Yes. Carcinogens. Yes. Environment. Yes. Stress. Yes. Virus. Yes. How are you going to say, Oh, well, cancer is caused by smoking. Most people that smoke actually don't get cancer, but does it contribute to this big environment again?
0: Yes. You know, it's interesting. I, I recently went to the CDC center for disease control control government agency, right? Yeah. And if you look and read on cancer, ultimately, they'll say the biggest issue, reason, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah. Even it, that's
1: going to be true for all of the top killers. Heart but, disease,
0: Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, autoimmune yeah. diseases. I know. I know. But I want people to hear that the CDC, this isn't uh, uh, Randy and Kevin on their no. functional medicine show. Uh, CDC says lifestyle. And yet, where is the most money going? You know, cancer research. to Treatment. Uh, not to prevent it. Not to prevent and we've, we've known this for many, many years. And even so,
1: 50 years. Know
0: you, but the populace, the populace does not know doesn't. that. The populace
1: doesn't. 50 years of a war on cancer. And I'll quote Peter Atiyah on this one. Um, last week said, you know, billions. Uh-huh. And we're about 5% better. Some cancers, great treatments. Most of them, maybe you live a year or two longer. Many of them minute. 5% better how? Uh, in Measured terms of longevity. Jet, we all as a cancers. culture.
0: cancers. But- Okay, but we're not saying we're five because of the cancer cures or, can't, or all the money that's gone to try to cure cancer. I mean, because that could be towards maybe it's just more awareness of right. earlier
1: detection yeah. and all those kind of things and better medicines and all of that. Um, but those top 10, so heart disease is always number one. Well, I'm going to say everybody knows, but maybe they don't. Your choices are the main issues here. Yeah. Uh, now, autoimmune disease is the most expensive disease. Those medicines are the you know the biologics, the immunomodulators are expensive. So it's the most costliest disease. Even though people live many, that's one of the reasons why it's so costly. Is you have to take them for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, just yesterday. I read, so the JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, this week, and they'll always have a little snippet on psoriasis, or on some chronic condition, you know, the diagnosis, or the, the, the pathophysiology, the diagnosis, treatment, management of XYZ disease, and it was on psoriasis, which is a chronic disease of the skin, and so I'm like, I, I, this very question, just so people know, it's not the rainy and Kevin opinion, and I thought, I wonder what they say is the cause, the pathophysiology. Yeah. And it it, it 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 made me mad because most skin conditions have a strong root of cause to lifestyle, what you eat, and that kind of thing. And the pathophysiology only oh, a nice chart all laid out, it, it, you know, subsection layer of skin. It's immunological, so psoriasis is an autoimmune condition. Your immune system is creating havoc, and it's doing that in the skin. And so it went through cytokine this and interleukin that. Now, now everybody's heard about cytokines because of COVID-19 and a quote-unquote cytokine storm, which is no different than saying, yeah, your immune system is mad. Mm-hmm. And for COVID, it's, it's in the lungs. And for psoriasis, it's in the skin. In fact, you could think of COVID as kind of a psoriasis of the lungs, right? It just, and then your lungs don't work right, and they fill up, and, and you can't breathe, and you die. But they went into the pathophysiology saying, it's your immune system. That's all he said. And of course, it's begging the question well, why is my immune system mad? Right, right. And so when Corona comes along, it's like, yes, it's a novel virus. It's new and different. It's hitting people a different way than a thousand other viral things have done in the past. But as we've said before, who are the people that are getting really sick? Mm-hmm. Are the ones with these comorbidities where your immune
0: system's already mad? No different than the daily deaths from flu and uh, uh, pneumonia. Right.
1: But the elderly and those with comorbidities. The most people who are compromise. compromised. And,
0: and I didn't mm-hmm. get tested, so it's not fair. But it seems uh, uh, symptomatically that my wife and I uh, very well may have had coronavirus and it sucked for 10 days. Well, us and too. Then we got I past mean, Yeah.
1: We t- talked about it. My wife still has a little bit of a taste yeah. difference.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot so, about that. You know, the one, one thing that I, I didn't do, uh, you know, as we hit down the general drugs, pharmaceuticals, was to say, what are the most common, and how can I say this tactfully, um, uh, surgeries that you would hope to ha- help people avoid?
1: So, thank you for bringing it back. And um, sort of the most common surgeries to avoid would be part surgery cardiac surgery, placing a stent, um, and osteoarthritis surgery, neck, low back, knee replacement, hip replacement. I mean, these are no, so really. common now from a surgical standpoint. So those <clears throat> I would hope to help people avoid. And, of course, by the time you're, you're that bad, your diet's not going to make that much of a difference if, if we think of you know knees and hips because that's decades in the making. So I'm looking at you and me. And saying, pay attention to your stiffness, Randy, because yeah. that puts more pressure on your joints and et cetera. Pay attention to your nutrition because that's, that's the reason why the 10, 20, 30, 40 years of osteoarthritis equals you're just eating away at your joints. And then, you know, and we look at our grandpas and say, well, thank God that you did that hip, because now you can go hike with us. And I would say, yeah, thank God for that. That was $50,000. Yeah. <clears throat> Plus, he went through. 10 years or 20 of debilitation before he was bad enough to actually get an ICD 10 code that the insurance says, yep, now you're bad enough. And the surgeon says the surgery will help.
0: Let me ask a, uh, again, ignorant question. I just don't know. So to have a heart get to a place where it's blocked up enough Mm -hmm. that you need a Mm -hmm. stent prior to that, you're going to have high blood pressure, hypertension beyond meds. Probably that's not going to come out of like, it's not going to happen to me out of the blue. We'll probably know something before then. Um, Well,
1: so yes, probably. If you're going to the doctor, if you have access to care and all that kind of stuff. You've given
0: me labs, of course, high blood pressure is a basic. We don't hardly even do that. We're doing bigger labs. But you would see that. Uh,
1: Well, we we have to be careful there because um, you can no every it is a relatively not uncommon. So it's relatively common story to have the surprise heart attack. Right? Of a relatively well 50, 60, 70 year old guy. That's what I'm
0: asking. Could I have the surprise one? Or right now, can you take just knowing by my blood pressure and some basic things? And you know, there's hardly any way to okay.
1: be there. I, thank you for that question. I love it. And this is where I would say I'm different. Functional medicine is a way different approach because I'm looking for the biomarkers that are going to give us an idea, more of an idea of where you are on the risk spectrum. It's all about risk. Right, Because if you came in and said, well, yes, I smoke, and yes, I'm 40 pounds overweight, and yes, I don't exercise, and I sleep, and I'm stressed out, we don't even need to look at your biomarkers. I'd say, you are a walking time bomb of risk. Right. If you say, you know what, I'm willing to pay the time, the money, the effort, the energy to look into the biomarkers because insurance is not there. Again, don't blame them for not
0: doing this. They are there for your heart attack. They are not there for your prevention. Which People is stupid to, because, because <laughs> they won't spend $1,000 to, to look at prevention, but, but they'll spend $100,000. No, $100, I used to say that. Here's wrong. where
1: it's not stupid.
0: Because if they
1: were going to make sense and they and they were going to call you up and say, Kevin, because you agreed, you agreed to get the lower price, we have a chip in your credit card, and we saw that you imbibed with your wife. All right. We're going to charge you more this month because now you're at more risk. That's yeah. exactly what they would have to do to do prevention. You don't want them in your business. Mm-mm. Just like you don't want your car insurance telling you what kind of tires you have to buy. Because maybe they don't know you live in Colorado and you need $1,000 tires. Right? Um, they think, well, you know, you didn't quite meet the code for $1,000 tires. We're going to pay $500 tires. And now you know, well, I'm at risk. That's exactly what's going on now. Yeah. And I I just feel for people that don't have this big picture awareness because they're going to, you know, turn off the show. They're driving in their car. They're going to see a Starbucks. They're going to whip in and get their thing. And I like Starbucks, too. But (laughs) it it just is it tipping you over towards not being the guy that's going to get the hard attack?
0: Come on, to be literal, though, a Starbucks is the number one purveyor of milkshakes. I mean, when you boil it down, it's a. That's what most people are getting. That's what they. Sell How high most. are they on the list of sugar? Number oh. one or whatever list of purveyor of sugar. Yeah. So so the amount of sugar going to Starbucks. So I'm going to diss them there. Though you and I love Starbucks, but what do we get? An Americano. Yep. Uh, there's no Just, no sugar. Well, we don't get sugar. You put some a little bit of cream in yours sometimes, but uh, I, what the, we should, the, the should be doing though? So it's not Starbucks. It's what you get at Starbucks. As often as we enjoy coffee, we ought to be doing organic coffee
1: we ought to that would be another tick of time money effort in the right direction and especially if we're doing it in a bulletproof mindset where you're kind of fasted and and you really want a high quality coffee Mm -hmm. it ought to be organic because the pesticides and the everything else it 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 puts a burden it's part of the uh, total body burden and and then you and I would say, okay, that's going to cost us convenience and time and effort. And we calculate and it's like, but everybody else is out there only. They're at a level of saying, oh my gosh, you mean I can't do my morning swing through by McDonald's? Do you realize how much time and effort and how much of a mind shift that's going to be for me? And we'd say, yeah, I know. I've been there too. And what is the why behind your what? Why are you doing this? Yeah. To, to be a grandpa not with sore feet or not needing a heart surgery or not being the a surprise heart attack at 72 or to be able to actually be skiing at 72. And you and I have said, yeah, it's worth it, but we don't do organic coffee. And maybe we should, because I've got I a kid never, with the autoimmune I whatever. About
0: it. Now I'm convicted. we got to find some that tastes like what I want it to taste like. Yeah, well, all right. Yes, we're all on the spectrum. And that might be a good place to
1: end where it, we're all on the spectrum. Nobody's got it all figured out. But the call out to people is to realize that there is something you can do and to also say thank goodness we have a a really awesome system best healthcare in the world I would say even though our our numbers don't compare to Japan and Germany and that kind of thing when you like you and well you had home births but when we had this you know we had a cash pay hospital birth my wife our, our first one we had a little bit of a problem there so we wanted to be in the hospital but it was the Taj Mahal I mean even on the cash pay <clears throat> basis it was we were well cared for and we have a great system for when we need it and my dad had to have a pacemaker and, and all that kind of stuff but how do we and young people be becoming the kind of people that need that less it is risk management you, you should be thinking about it the same way you think about a, your uh, car insurance and house insurance and things like that and you care for your house you care for your car do the same thing for your body yeah there you go
0: since the time this show was recorded I had a granddaughter born prematurely and she spent time in the hospital. I was very grateful for traditional medicine. Now however we'll get her healthy and strive to keep her out as much as possible. Hey, thank you again for choosing to tune into the self-helpful podcast. If you got value, we would love and be grateful for a rating and review. And we would love more if you just talked about what you learned here with someone else, pass the information on, talk about it and benefit from it. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.